What is up, everybody? It's Anthony Cazenza. Hope you all had a great weekend coming at you on the water cooler chat for CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to be with all of you as we charge towards the NFL draft. We are just a couple of weeks away from that. Couldn't be more excited for the prospects for the Cincinnati Bengals coming up how they're going to improve their football team, how they're going to improve their roster. There's obviously a lot of debates going on as to what avenue the Bengals should take. We're going to get to a lot today, including, you know, some glimpses at some mock drafts and whatnot. We usually go through the news of the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North and the NFL, just kind of gloss through some of the major headlines going on around the league. And we'll get you caught up on a lot of different things. And undoubtedly, as it always seems to happen, we do this Monday and undoubtedly, shortly after I take the air, there's always like some breaking news. I think last week it was like the Ring of Honor got announced, right? <laughs> shortly after or a day after we took the air. And then there's the Giovanni Bernard news shortly after that. So, hey, we're going to get you caught up on all the news. And undoubtedly, there's something that's going to take place probably Tuesday or Wednesday. And then, hey, we'll get you caught up on it on our Wednesday show. Got a big announcement there before we get to all these news and notes. Mike Daniels. Fresh off a new contract with the Cincinnati Bengals will be joining us. We're do- doing it at a special time on Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, trying to accommodate Mr. Daniel's schedule, and uh, we're stoked to have him on yet again on this program. One of our favorites. I know he's a fan favorite, so we're going to have him on Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. John Sheeran and myself will be chatting with him along with going over some other draft profiles, draft news, all of that. So join us for that. And then we will be doing listener questions live Friday afternoon. It's been a little while since we've done that. So we will do that as well on Friday afternoon. Please join us for that. Start submitting your questions to us and uh, uh, we'll we'll get that going. I know, Mark. I know. Hey, bud. Uh, get a new shirt. I know. It's a little ratty. It's my workout shirt. I appreciate it, Mark. But uh, good eyeballs. You see all the holes there? It's my workout shirt. It's my gym shirt. Uh, and, and hey, I, that means I've been putting it to good use, right? If there's holes in it, it's my workout shirt, right? No? Yes? No? Okay. Anyway, this show, as you may know, this show, all of its episodes on the Orange or Black Insider is brought to you by a great company, Symbol. We've been talking about this a little bit. We had uh, Kenneth Giles on one of our water cooler chats a couple of weeks ago to talk about it. It is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off of your favorite football teams without the high fees and the high losses of gambling. If you are a fantasy football nut, if you like the gambling aspect of football and you know if you're a if you're a stock market guru so to speak take advantage of it and check out I'm sharing the screen here there is a an a website there https colon backslash backslash symbol dot app slash obi s-i-m-b-u-l-l dot app slash obi you get a ten dollar deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code obi um, the Bengals value is about $25 a share. So this is a good time, depending on what they do in the draft. It's a good time potentially to take advantage of that and uh, of the value of the team because their price may go up depending on what they do. And we've got some news about Joe Burrow and his rehab coming up. So that may affect the, the market value 
in in symbol in terms of the the Cincinnati Bengals and their value. So go check it out. A fun way to keep doing some different things with football, fantasy sports, et cetera. We, we love the guys over at symbol and appreciate the partnership that we've created there. So again, S I M B U L L dot A P P slash O B I. You get a $10 deposit bonus uh, when you sign up using the promo code O B I. So check it out. Good stuff. Let's get rolling. Shall we a lot to get to, even though it's, it's a little bit of a lull in terms of the Bengals gearing up, for the NFL draft there. I think they're going to wait on some free agency signings before they get to, uh, before they get to, you know, they're going to get to the draft and then they're probably going to see what happens there, get to some free agency signings based on what they maybe don't get out of the draft position wise, et cetera, and, and round out the roster that way. But let's get to it. There are, I'm going to start with Cincy jungle.com. And I mentioned this at the beginning Gio Bernard bids a fond farewell to Bengals Nation after being with the team for a number of years, a leader in the locker room, a good player on the field. And this was a Twitter message. You can see it here. Uh, Grateful for it all, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. I have nothing but love for this city and all the relationships it has brought into my life. Cincinnati has been a place that has given countless blessings to my family and I over the past eight years and for that, I am forever grateful. Uh, so he is no longer a Cincinnati Bengal. It was a little bit, you know, it's funny. I took the air, I think, last week and someone said, you know, what's what's the deal with Bernard? Do you expect him to be cut? I didn't expect him to be cut because the Bengals didn't really need the cap room, it seemed. And they weren't really rushing to make another signing, it seemed. So it just, you know, I know they had a lot of money invested in, in, in the running back position. And we talked about it on last Wednesday's show, John and I did, but... Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise to me to see him just kind of get 86 like that all of a sudden. But uh, great guy, great player for this team. And unfortunately, the Bengals have kind of gone a different direction. Sounded like he was asked to take a pay cut. He didn't want to do that. Asked to be released as soon as possible so he can latch onto a team. Was a, maybe a little bit upset that he wasn't released sooner so that he could hit the the first couple of waves of free agency. But he he will find a home. The Bengals now have to, you know, find answers in terms of pass protection from the running back position. Hopefully Joe Mixon continues to improve there. And who knows, maybe running back is a day three now uh, option that they look at. I mean, they they looked at Rodney Anderson a couple of years ago. That didn't work out for him, a guy who looked very promising. And, you know, right now they've got Samaj P. Ryan, who they re-signed in free agency, and then Travion Williams. Uh, so they may add another one to the to the stable there to see what happens but hopefully joe mixon stays healthy this this year and gets him a little bit more production but a nice send-off uh from geo bernard and go support his foundation too a lot of people including myself have made a little 25 dollar donation in terms of his jersey number you're welcome to you know do whatever you'd like there but uh you know just kind of a little thank you to his foundation there. And uh, it's kind of a cool thing that Bengals nation has been doing, supporting a lot of charitable causes for these players that have done a lot for the team. Let's keep it rolling. Cincyjungle.com. This one was a little puzzling to me, but Hey, you know, beefing up the coaching staff, potentially beefing up a little bit of the, you know, the scouting aspect, I guess, because they ask a lot of scout, uh, they ask their coaches to do a lot of the scouting. I mean, as do all teams, but, you know, the Bengals kind of lean a little bit heavier on their coaches as scouts as well, but they add Louis 
Siafi to the coaching staff, a name that should be very familiar to Bengals fans. He has been with the team for a number of years. He has 22 years of NFL coaching experience, was a previous Bengals assistant from 97 through 2010. So he was in the Coslet era. He was in the LeBeau era. He was in the Marvin Lewis era. And, you know, after that last 2010 season that kind of spiraled out of control and Lewis rebuilt the roster again, Siafi left, came back and coached with the Browns for a couple of years, the Titans, the Cardinals, the uh, previously with the Jets before he went to Cincinnati. So uh, he's kind of bounced around a lot and he is going to um, going to be a defensive quality control coach. So in case you hadn't heard that, um, that's a recent bit of news. Louis Siafi added to the Bengals coaching staff and, um, We'll we'll see exactly. It's it's a little hard to know exactly what these roles are as, as they're defined. I mean, I, I think that those are kind of defined in house a bit, but you know, I guess it couldn't hurt that this, that side of the ball has not been performing well over the past couple of years, and let's hope Siafi helps him out on that side of the ball. As I mentioned before, the Bengals uh, just announced a ring of honor and of course it was after our <laughs> our last water cooler chat show but a big big announcement that they are officially unveiling a ring of honor they have already said that Paul Brown and Anthony Munoz two two iconic figures in franchise history they're automatic ins and they should be um, now it's up to many of the Box seat ticket holders, the you know the suite ticket holders, club level ticket holders, they get votes, and I think it's also based on the amount of years that they've had uh, their their season tickets. That's the amount of votes they get, or something to that effect. So, uh, you know, it's it's the fans get to vote though, and so now the Bengals hope though that guys like Ken Riley, Ken Anderson, and others who are they should be enshrined in Canton. They hope that this ring of honor will now bring proper attention to get them into Canton. So there was a quote via Jeff Hobson of bangles.com. I think it was by Mike Brown that said, uh, you know, the hall of fame has chosen to ignore our players to a high degree. And this is a way to honor them. It was Mike Brown, by the way. I think a lot of our players have been overlooked by the Hall of Fame that deserve consideration. We can do something about that by honoring them here. Uh, and then Elizabeth Blackburn, who has really, who is Mike Brown's granddaughter, uh, has really taken a, a leadership role, a front and center leadership role with the club of late, quote, said, the fact that we only have one player in the Hall of Fame, I hate it. I know that the Bengals have a rich history with an amazing legacy and impact on the sport of football. If there's something in our control that we can do to help celebrate that and remind fans, players, the community, other teams, and former players of the beautiful past that we have, I want to do that. A lot of people believe that Elizabeth Blackburn is the catalyst to the, this ring of honor being unveiled this year. Uh, you know, there's been a big social media initiative. There has been a big turnaround on that front by the Cincinnati Bengals starting from last year and into this year. And now, you know, this is the ring of honors and the next step, the Jersey unveiling that should be coming up pretty soon. Watch it'll, it'll happen like tomorrow or something because it always happens right after this show. Undoubtedly, that's how it always happens. Uh, I, I kid, I, it's fine. But 
those are all initiatives that Elizabeth Blackburn has seemingly spearheaded or helped push internally to get the Bengals to move in a in a more prominent role, I guess, or a, a more prominent spotlight within the NFL and amongst their fan base too. So um, that's uh, what's going on with the Ring of Honor. And an interesting quote by both Mike Brown and, and uh, Elizabeth Blackburn. Uh, Fadil Bayari, love this show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Always, always appreciate that. To that point of the Ring of Honor, I want to just share this. I guess a little bit of a shameless self-promotion. This is from our our good buddies, uh, Daddio and Dr. Hoji, DNH Sports of the Believe Podcast Network. We put their podcast on the Cincy Jungle page as well. Uh, they used to be part of our channel, and they have now branched off into the Believe Podcast Network, but we work very closely with the Believe Network. We've had a lot of their prominent hosts and guests on our show. We love the guys at DNH Sports. John Sheeran and myself this week were talking some Ring of Honor on their most recent recent show, and we kind of said, you know, the two Kens should be probably the next two guys that, that should be in the Ring of Honor. There are a lot of other deserving names, obviously, Corey Dillon, Chad Johnson, Max Montoya. Boomer Esiason, a lot of different names, but to that previous point of honoring honoring players the right way to get them national attention, to get them Pro Football Hall of Fame attention, we kind of felt that way. So go check it out on CincyJungle.com. Interesting conversation, funny guys, DNH. Uh, we have a lot of fun there, and it's a it's a great show, a unique show. And go check that out. We had a little Ring of Honor discussion. It was a lot of fun. The Cincinnati Bengals are making the rounds at. Pro days and workouts and the like, especially of utmost importance this year because there were there was no true combine. It's been pro days only. So uh, Peyton Turner is a guy that could be a day two target. The Bengals, you know, they may do something here. If you remember a couple of years ago, uh, you know, some some folks were hoping. I think it was in 2018. You know that the Bengals were going to maybe go a little bit more offensive line, do something else, and they went with Jesse Bates, who ended up being an amazing pick for them in the second round. Then they went Sam Hubbard, defense, defense, back to back. You know, some people thought that they should have gone offensive line. They should have done something different in that draft. And those, you know, at the time, obviously both those picks worked out pretty dang well for the for the Bengals. Two productive players on their defense. This may be, you know, depending on what they do at number five and, you know, they could bypass an offensive lineman at number five and all of a sudden they may have a guy like Peyton Turner, whether it's in round two, round three, rated higher than some offensive lineman that us fans or us that cover the team think that they should take or will take at that point. So Peyton Turner's an interesting guy. He had a really good workout. Um, and you can see here Jim, Jim Nagy, uh, who runs the Senior Bowl, the uh, Marion Hobby, the new defensive line coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, was in attendance. Um, you can see here, 6'5", 268, and then he had the 35 and 3 eighths inch arms. He jumped 35 and a half inches on the vertical and did a sub seven second three cone time at that size is pretty, pretty good. It kind of reminds me a little bit, and hopefully he turns out to be um, you know, a, a more productive player. If I remember correctly, I could be completely wrong about this, but I think Jordan Willis had a really good workout and measured well, et cetera, making him the team's third round pick. Didn't ever really materialize. I have to go back and look at his workout numbers. But at any rate, um, this is an interesting player for the team, a guy that they could look at, uh, Peyton Turner, an edge player, and the Bengals need edge rush help. They did 
sign. Uh, they, I mean, they lost Carl Lawson, but they did sign Trey Hendrickson to help that out. Hopefully Sam Hubbard stays healthy this year, but they need a, another effective edge rusher, and maybe that's where they look there. Team Chase is going to like this next one. If you're on Team Chase or Team Sewell, I don't know, but Team Chase is going to like the news here. One top NFL evaluator says Jamar Chase is, quote, the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones. And who is that top evaluator? Well, um, we we didn't really get the name, I don't believe. It was a, a just kind of a, an anonymous quote, but it was through Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet. Uh, you can see there, you know, best wide receiver prospect since Julio. So there are, look, there, there's, I get the arguments for both. I think also, I hope that what if you're on one of these teams and you're uh, a bit divided, whether you want the Bengals to draft Jamar Chase at five, whether you want them to draft Panay Sewell at five, or maybe Kyle Pitts at five, I hope that you can also, if they do not draft your guy, I hope that folks can understand and or see that they are still going to be getting a blue chip prospect, whether it's the one you want or the one that they end up choosing or what have you. It's They're still going to get a seemingly high quality football player to help out their team day one. So if they don't get your guy, uh, you know, hopefully you can be a grown up about it and say, Hey, you know what? It wasn't the one I would have picked if I was in that GM chair, but this should still be a blue chip prospect that fits a position of need for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you see here TJB saying, uh, I don't care who we draft at the first pick. A bangle is a bangle. Our good friend, Rob friend says he's definitely team chase Cincinnati sports with strawberry ice saying you guys are awesome. Thank you. And go check out his show, by the way. I've been on that. I think John Sharon's been on that. Ace and Zim have been on that show. Great show with Cincinnati Sports with Strawberry Ice, a great YouTube program. I think he does it every day. Um, you guys are awesome. And I completely agree. The two Ken should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's a, a pretty solid consensus there. One of the most reliable sources this time of year for the Cincinnati Bengals, who they're going to pick, particularly in rounds one and two, is Dave Lapham. I go back to that that 2018 draft. Nobody was really talking about Jesse Bates. Nobody was talking about Jesse Bates. Yet Lapham, after night one, was saying, look, look at safety. Look at this kid, Jesse Bates. They were interested in him. This kid has range. He can, he can make turnovers, and he's a good player. That was one that we all – and he, he kind of called that one – Lo and behold, the Bengals grabbed Jesse Bates. A few years earlier, he was one of the very, very few people to say that the Bengals were going to draft Tyler Eifert with the first pick uh, that they had in that class. Lo and behold, they did it. Now, this is – so when he says he usually makes a prediction on, on who they will pick a few days before, and then obviously we talk – you know, folks talk to him in the days up to. He's got a great pulse on – the, the team's draft board, who they like, who they don't like, who they may like more than some of the fans like. But this is this is more laps preference. And he was talking with Lance McAllister recently, in case you missed the interview on 700 WLW. He said, quote, who's going to give you 70 snaps and who's going to give you 70 snaps that might help your team the most? I lean toward the tackle. I lean toward Sewell, Panay Sewell. Here's a guy that's going to give you 70 snaps a game if you average 65 to 70 offensive snaps. He'll help Joe Burrow. He'll help Joe Mixon. 
He'll help the receivers because he'll be giving Joe Burrow time. He'll help his teammates on the offensive line. I think the ripple effect of a guy like when Anthony Munoz was, was drafted, there's an example, the ripple effect of that excellence. Plus, I'm telling you, it brings everybody's level of play up. These guys can lift your organization in a myriad of ways. I just think that if it's not Sewell, if they think Rashawn Slater's better than Sewell, whoever it is in that offensive line position, I'd probably lean going that way. Maybe not a surprise given that Dave Lapham was an offensive lineman, but I, you know, we've heard Anthony Munoz is on Team Sewell as well, being both a Pac-10, Pac-12 kind of guy, and you know, just the the offensive lineman, offensive tackle background. He's Team Sewell. Dave Lapham is Team Sewell now. Whether or not that comes to fruition, we don't know. Definitely should be, and we think is on the short list and in the brief conversation as to what the team will do at number five going forward. Um, yeah, we've got Jojo Mojo saying Team Team Penne all day. We'll see. Cruising along again. Here is, uh, I guess, a little bit of mock draft Monday. We we tend to do this. I don't like to spend a ton of time on this, but you can catch these on CincyJungle.com and other uh, other outlets. This is, I believe, CBS Sports. Yeah, CBS Sports two round mock. Um, you've got here. Ryan Ryan Wilson saying Panay Sewell with the top pick. And then at the top of round two, since they passed up on Jamar Chase, picking up Rashad Bateman, an exciting wide receiver from the University of Minnesota. Look, the, the Bengals have had good luck with second round wide receivers. And that goes back a long, long time, uh, a long time. And they, they have drafted a lot of wide receivers in the first round. But, I mean, if you go back in recent history, you could go to Carl Pickens. You can go to Chad Johnson. You can go to T. Higgins. I mean, there are a lot of exciting, exciting wide receivers that they could get in the second round that help you out. Now, I know Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase, and he's maybe a different animal than some of the names in this class, maybe even some of the ones we mentioned. But, um, you know, uh, the, these are the two here in the CBS mock by Ryan Wilson. Panay Sewell, Rashad Bateman are the first two picks there. Uh, go check out that mock draft. Speaking of mock draft, this is a, a paid one. So go subscribe to The Athletic with Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison doing a great job covering the team. This was really, really interesting. Essentially, there are four, four kind of avenues that they, that they explore. Chase, Pitts, Sewell, or trade back. And what it all means what it means for the team if they draft one of those players, how it could play out, the chances of it, and examining that. So go to The Athletic, check out the four draft avenues, a great uh, a great piece of work by those two guys over at The Athletic who cover the Bengals. Um, go get a subscription there and check it out. Good stuff there. But very interesting conversations can stem from each one of those avenues, obviously. And then, of course, we can move to our good friends over at all bangles. Uh, we've got, there's, you know, James Rapine, Blake Jewell, uh, all, all kinds of great folks over at, on the all bangles team. And this happens to be from Blake Jewell, a mock draft here. And then he calls them Jewel's gems as well. A little nice little play on words. So go check this one out. Um, 
Bengals build around Joe Burrow in his latest mock draft. So, um, and he's got some other guys that he's been watching film on too. A, a really good follow on Twitter is Blake Jewell and all of the folks, Nicole Zembrot and the whole crew over there at All Bengals doing great work. So go check that one out there. Um, Jewel's Gems, Bengals build around Joe Burrow in the latest mock draft. Another one that uh, does great work is our is our buddy Chris Rowling and his crew over at Bengals Wire. This was, you know, I I don't know how accurate this may or may not be at this point in time, but basically, basically, there's a question being asked: Is the Bengals draft board changing more than usual in 2021? You know. It's from Jeff Hobson. You can see that here. Uh, the Bengals conducted their preliminary draft meetings last month, then went on to, went on to Pro Day Palooza over the past month. This week, they will begin their final draft meetings. And my sense is the board can change more than it ever has this late in the game because the recent Pro Days were so important without a scouting combine. I tend to believe... I, I believe that's true. I tend to believe that maybe it's a little bit more true after pick five. I think, you know, these guys at the top of the draft and if they're the Bengals probably have a pretty good sense as to what they're going to do and or the options they are going to explore at number five at this point, I would assume. I think also the fact that Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell and Kyle Pitts all had excellent, excellent workouts you know, that may have made the get if there were gaps between them on their draft board may have lessened that. Um, but, you know, I, I think maybe potentially we're looking at some of the, some of the tweaking being out for day, day two, day three, maybe that's just my sense. Um, after going through all these different pro days and seeing some of these players, some of which we've talked about already on this, on this specific show, but that's something to, to, to note. And it's, it's a good thing. I mean, I guess, you don't want to be so – you want to have a little bit of fluidity in terms of – and flexibility in terms of what you want to do. And even up to, you know, a week or two, you don't want to, you know, commit paralysis by overanalysis and, and overthink all these things. But I think also, you know, you want to make sure you've done your due diligence. And if there's stuff that pops out in a workout, you go back and review your film notes. You go back and relook at film and you say, okay, what what's not adding up here? What is adding up here? What did I miss? And that's something that – I think the Bengals are doing their due diligence on, and and that's a good thing. So um, that appears to be maybe something that the Bengals are doing, just continuing to tweak that draft board as we get very close to the NFL draft. This was a really cool – I'm not going to play this because I want to make sure that you guys go – go look at this here. But Jeremy Roush of Fox 19, this is a tweet – Basically, this is an interview that he had recently with Joe Burrow's parents talking about his rehab, talking about how everybody reacted to the injury last year. And it's a really it's about a five or six minute video. You can find it now on YouTube. You can find it on his Twitter account. If you haven't watched it yet, I recommend it. Um, the, The Burrows seem like great people. And it really just talked about how. Joe Burrow there's a lot of little nuggets in there in terms of, you know, he got hurt. He's meeting back with his parents that night, obviously nursing a a pretty severe injury. 
And he's talking about that game, how they were playing well. They had the game kind of in control, they felt, or he felt. And that's what he was talking about, not necessarily the injury and, and those sort of things. Apparently, rehab's going well. And, you know, he's there's they mentioned something about him taking, you know, they wanted him to take a day off or something, and he did not really want to do that. And so he's been hitting it really hard and doing pretty well with it. So go check out that interview with the Burroughs, Joe's parents courtesy of Fox 19's Jeremy Roush. Really, really cool interview there. We're going to transition into the AFC North. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. This is the Monday Water Cooler Chat. We're going to be here just a couple more minutes. This program and the others on the Orange and Black Insider is brought to you by Symbol. Go check out their, their app. You can go invest in the Cincinnati Bengals, once again, uh, symbol.app slash OBI. Get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code OBI. So check that out. Uh, find folks over at Symbol. We appreciate the partnership we have there. You can get this program on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Megaphone, all the major platforms. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've been putting out a lot of cool stuff lately. I'm going to pat myself on the back, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we had a cool interview with Richmond Webb, former Dolphin, former Bengals offensive lineman. Really, really cool chat. Uh, so check that out. Matt Minnick brought up a Chalk Talk episode, both on the podcast stream, but also on our YouTube channel, going back and looking at Joe Burrow's week five stuff. So go check that out. And then Ace and Zim on our podcast channel on Orange is the New Black. Keep cranking out awesome material as well. So go check out their latest. They spoke with Jeff Hobson last episode. So make sure you go check that out. That's a great one there. Um, and we appreciate all your support. Go subscribe how you can. And uh, we appreciate you continuing to listen as we ramp up more and more draft coverage here over the next couple of weeks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Cleveland Browns, we've we've talked about this a number of times on, on this show and many others. Uh, they are very, very interested in getting defensive line help, and they have been very, very interested in the free agency route on that front. They are now seemingly, per Diana Rossini of ESPN, pretty close with a, to a contract with Jadavian Clowney. Quote, uh, it's not done yet, but they are hoping to get a deal done soon. They've, I think he's coming in for a second visit there. So they have been, I mean, they they were moonlighting with J.J. Watt. They were keeping tabs on Von Miller to see if he was going to be released from the Denver Broncos. And now it seems that Jadavian Clowney is going to be a guy that they will bring in uh, as long as the numbers add up and all that kind of stuff. He, his health checks out, but... That sounds like, you know, it's it's going to be something that that will probably be done in the next couple of days. So something to, I guess, monitor there. Transitioning to the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Conner is visiting the Card Cardinals. So the Cardinals are kind of going the, the veteran 
it's kind of star veteran route, I guess, in free agency. James Conner, potential guy that they bring in to help their backfield. Of course, they have Kyler Murray. They just signed AJ Green from the from the Bengals, and you know they're they're trying to make a little run at things. They were pretty close to the playoffs last year. They they got off to a good start, had kind of some faltering towards the middle and end of the season. Um, but they're they're looking to make a push here. So James Conner is heading to the Cardinals as of Monday for a visit, and the free agent market has been pretty quiet for running backs to be, I guess, expected. But he is one who is starting to get a little attention as of as of now from the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is from. Steelers Wire of the USA Today Network, Juju Smith-Schuster, everybody, every Bengals fan's favorite, favorite player, makes a push for the Steelers to draft Najee Harris. And keep in mind, um, Juju did not play with him uh, in college. This is just a, you know, a call, I guess a call to action, if you will. It might, it probably also means that James Conner is not going to be coming back to the Steelers, but um, he was recently a guest on the Michael Irvin podcast. And he said, uh, they'll go defense because that's their MO. I think the last one we have dra- uh, drafted on offense is David DeCastro. Hopefully we get someone on offense to help us out. Um, but Najee Harris, man, one of the best running backs out there that would fit our team. If we had him, it would be cool. Najee Harris may go end of round one, may go, you know, round two, maybe. Obviously a very, very talented running back out of Alabama, has a a lot of great traits, but, you know, the devaluation of the running back position is something that, you know, is something to note there. And that would be classic Steelers, Um, you know, that now – the Steelers have a lot of offensive line uh, questions and, you know, they Pouncey retired and they're getting to De- DeCastro back. They lost Matt Filer, a guy who stepped in and, and played well for them. They lost him in free agency and their offensive line was uncharacteristically below average last year. So I, I think that's probably where they're going to go early and often, but Najee Harris to the Steelers would, uh, you know, that would kind of shake up the AFC North a bit. So that's, a possibility for them. The Ravens are looking to add potential pass rushers as well. Justin Houston, longtime veteran. Uh, this was this was on this was yesterday. He's going to visit the Ravens. He has still been in contact with Indianapolis. He played for he was a very productive player for the Chiefs. Uh, landed in Indianapolis, and then now he is a free agent again. So it could come down to Baltimore and Indianapolis to finish out his career here. Uh, the Ravens are in need of a pass rush. They, they really couldn't get to the passer very well, except against the Bengals, without blitzing a ton. And so they need to get, you know, uh, they need to get some extra edge help. And that's where they're looking, at least for the time being, is Justin Houston. We'll see what materializes there. And if they end up signing him, it'd be one another big name for the Baltimore Ravens that they, you know, they seem to do that in free agency. They seem to do it late in free agency. They've done trades. Um, they, you know, they go after some guys, particularly on defense. They go after players and, and you, know, you remember Earl Thomas, Yannick and Gawkway, you know, they, they're not shy about going after some players, especially on defense. If it means getting after the pa- passer or creating tur- turnovers. So um, 
something to monitor for sure. Transitioning to the rest of the NFL, interesting article on NFL.com by Grant Gordon uh, talking about the NFC North. And I say it is interesting because look at the very first, for those of you watching the video feed, the very first thing they mentioned, Andy Dalton, quarterback, the biggest addition. And he, he you know, the, the Bears last year were 8-8. Eight and eight, And they've tried to do some stuff to get Russell Wilson. That didn't work. Um, you know, so Trubisky is, is not going to be their starting quarterback this next year, Andy Dalton. And they've backed Andy Dalton right away. They've backed Andy Dalton saying he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the starter. Now we'll see what the Bears do in the draft. But the Bears were 8-8 eight and eight last year. Uh, they probably feel that the rest of their roster is pretty good. And maybe Andy Dalton is a bridge guy for them to help them get into the playoffs, maybe even through the playoffs if he, uh, you know, if he ends up having a better roster than he did with the Bengals at certain times. But they believe, they seem to believe in, in Andy Dalton, at least for the time being, as their quarterback. We'll see what happens. But Andy Dalton is a Chicago Bear. And this is an interesting breakdown on NFL.com about the NFC North and Andy Dalton's arrival there and what it means for the rest of the division. Another embattled quarterback, a young one. As a rookie, he came in and played pretty well. But since, Drew Locke has not been living up to expectations. And the Denver Broncos, first of all, they're headed up by John Elway, Hall of Fame quarterback, so he knows a thing or two about good quarterback play, but they've also invested in the offensive line. They have invested heavily at wide receiver in the draft and drew Locke, You know, he had a really good end to the season a couple of years ago, disappointing year this past year. And so it hasn't been just Dalton Reisner talking about it. It's been a couple of others. Drew Locke has not Peyton Manning has not, but apparently he has quote, been doing a lot of work this off season with Peyton Manning. And this is to, work on the mental side of things, the preparation side of things, and not just – Drew Locke has a big arm. Um, it's not just relying on that. It's relying on what he's seeing on the field. There have been others who have come out and said, you know, he's not beating his chest saying, I'm doing this and working with Peyton Manning to get the clout. He's just putting his head down and doing it, and others are breaking, uh, talking about it. So we'll see if that pays dividends for him. It's kind of a make-or-break year, I would think, for, for Drew Locke, the – the patience is kind of wearing out a little bit in Denver, it seems, but interesting news when you've got Drew Locke playing or uh, working this offseason, particularly on the play diagnosis and mental aspects of the game with one of the greatest that has ever played in Peyton Manning. And, and Peyton Manning, if you listen to his retirement speech, he will tell you he wasn't the most physically gifted. I mean, he had a lot of physical gifts as well, obviously, but he wasn't the most physically gifted in terms of arm strength or whatever, but you know, he was, his, his big deal was preparation, film study, all of that. And so maybe that's where they're hoping that bleeds over into Drew Locke and he turns his career around. This came out right after our show last week, Daniel Jeremiah's uh, 2021 mock draft. They also did a really interesting thing on NFL network last Tuesday, I want to say, last Tuesday night, last Wednesday night, um, where, you know, they kind of did a, a round table where each analyst kind of made, I think it was a three-round mock draft, and a different analyst made picks for for the same team. So I think, you know, for instance, 
um, he Jeremiah made like the first round pick for teams. And then uh, I think it was Cynthia Freeland made others for teams. So they kind of just, uh, you know, volleyed it back and forth, making it not just a, you know, one person calling the shots for each team. It was kind of an interesting concept, but you see here, Four quarterbacks, first four picks, and this could very well play out this way. The kind of surprise is Mac Jones going, you know, a lot of people thought he was maybe mid, late first, maybe early second. And he, a lot of people reading the tea leaves think that Mac Jones is going to be the pick for the 49ers. I have heard some things also that, uh, you know, that if Zach Wilson is not the guy for some reason at the New York Jets, that's probably where one of these next two teams would like to go. We'll see, but he has the Bengals taking Kyle Pitts at number five. Um, just and I think Kyle Pitts is the number two player on Jeremiah's board behind Trevor Lawrence. So he just kind of has him going best player available. Jamar Chase going the very next pick to Miami. So uh, take that for what you will. Interesting stuff from Jeremiah. In case you hadn't seen that, if the Bengals trade back, guess what position may be in play? We don't know for sure, but. They seem to like first-round corners, and Caleb Farley is one of the best in the class, but there have been some recent medical issues coming up, uh, but he has apparently been checked out by NFL doctors and that he would be ready for the season after medical checkup. I think it was a back issue, if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken there. Um, but, uh, quote, I got a lot of positive feedback from the NFL doctors. They confirmed I would be ready for the season. They told me this is definitely not a – chronic thing. Yeah. Back surgery in mid-March is on pace. So, um, you know, he didn't play last year. This is one of the best players again in Jeremiah's eyes in this class overall players. So, uh, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how far he falls because of that. But one of, if not the top corner in the class, a really talented kid. And if the Bengals end up trading back and kind of collecting some picks, who knows, maybe cornerback is what they look at, just looking at some stuff for the future. But they invested pretty heavily at that position in free agency, obviously with Mike Hilton, Trey Waynes last year. Uh, you know, they, they, they've got a lot of players that they've collected at that position group. So we'll see what happens there. Finally, let's get out of here on this. And because it's a swan, swan song of sorts for this player, we'll go out on it. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, a guy who played for the Falcons and the Bears, I think also the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he ended up having a pretty good, pretty good little career here after six seasons, decided to call it quits. And pretty cool. If you follow, there's a there's a tweet out there um, or maybe it's an Instagram post. He's kind of floating in a, in a pool and, and lounging, talking about, you know, hey, I like retired life or something like that. It's a pretty entertaining little post. So um Taylor Gabriel, a good, uh, good guy, good player in the league, has is calling it quits after a couple of seasons, uh, six seasons rather. And you know he's an undrafted free agent, made a good career for himself. So um, he is calling it quits, and we'll see if if that's you know we've seen players quit for a year or retire, and then they come back a year later and, and want to play again. Maybe it's just taking a year off, and we'll see what happens. But um, as of now, Taylor Gabriel is a guy who's going to be uh, retiring. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been the Bengals and NFL water cooler chat. We've gone through some Bengals headlines, some AFC North headlines and headlines around the NFL. I'm sure more will be coming this week and we'll talk about those on Wednesday. Please join us special time, 2.30 PM Eastern. We've got Mike Daniels joining us on the program to talk about his return to Cincinnati, have some fun. He's a, he's a, 
really entertaining guy. If for some reason you haven't seen the interviews he did with us, with Ace and Zim, or the myriad of others, uh, he and EAG, EAG Sports Management, the, the company that represents him, have been extremely kind to us. And we, we thank them for the opportunity to get to speak to Mike Daniels again. Again, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Wednesday, we're going to be chatting with him special time. And then we'll be doing the rest of our show along after our chat with him. And we're looking forward to that. So join us for that. And then for listener questions live on Friday. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. Get this show on your favorite audio streaming platform. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a rating if you could, too. That'd be awesome. Thanks for tuning in on this Monday. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon.